This is episode 31 with Dan Kalapsky. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Dan Kalapsky is the founder of the Yes End movement that bridges the gap between the thought you have and the action you take. He's a meditation teacher, life coach, and director of the physiotherapy chain called I Move Physio. Dan is one of those legends whose paths I crossed through our mutual connection of the abundant Lululemon community, and we've now become close mates because of his genuine human nature and also his deep understanding of human behavior. Make sure you listen right to the end of this episode because the fast five questions actually expand into some very interesting conversation. And also, after I thought I had wrapped up the whole discussion, Dan threw out a challenge to you, the listener, to impact someone's week in a way you've probably never thought you could. And more great knowledge bombs were even dropped after this around the topics of perception, mindset, and powerful habits. If you're interested in developing a high-performance mindset and habits and rituals to take your life to the next level, reach out to me at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching and we can optimize your journey together. I mentioned in this chat that we're in a Swedish slugboard for this recording, which is an awesome small timber construction with a roof and walls and space at the front for a fireplace. They're really cozy and they only exist in this particular part of Sweden where we are in Avdolan or the Dalarna community. But I think I might have to get some built in Australia because they're brilliant. Now, we kick off this chat with Dan telling us about his passionate project and community of Yes End. Yes End is all about getting people to accompany the decision to do something and the things that make them happy uh, with an action. We all know what we want to do and the things that do make us happy, but often there's a lot of things stopping us from doing those things. So the end in yes is accompanying that yes with an action. So saying yes and going out and doing it. I had a point in my life where I decided to challenge myself with 52 new experiences in 52 weeks and really work that muscle in the mind, that that leap muscle, and uh, start doing the things that truly made me happy over, over a lot of the things that weren't. So you talk about a leap muscle within the mind that you want to trigger and part of Yes End, this, this group, this organization that you've created, how do you, actually before we ask how you teach it, what do you believe is stopping people from triggering that leap muscle more regularly or at all? Yeah, often I think people are sitting there waiting for when they're going to be 100% ready to do something or sitting there waiting until they're going to be 100% confident, ready to go. And I believe that 
courage definitely comes before confidence. In my own mind, you need the courage to be able to leap and bridge the gap between where you're at in terms of your confidence and that 100% confidence. Just unpacking that a little bit more, you feel like do people not go ahead with a task or a goal or a vision because they don't feel confident, but in actual fact, they until they do a task over and over and become better at it, that's when confidence comes. And they so courage you saying courage comes before confidence, meaning that you have to have the courage to take that first step and you have to have the courage to keep taking those steps. When you continually do that, that's what will build confidence. Exactly. So via action, we then gain experience and we then couple uh, this experiential knowledge with our intellectual knowledge of what we knew, what we were capable of. The more you take that leap, the more you do and the more you take action, regardless of whether you're 100% sure whether that's the right action at that point in time, you will always learn something and you'll gain confidence in what you want to do and what you don't want to do. So, yeah. Before we move forward, we're going to unpack this quite a bit with through your life journey and where this has come from and where it's heading. But I just want to say... Dan, welcome to Your Life of Impact. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Now, we're sitting here in Sweden and we're out in the middle of the forest. And for everyone listening, if you can hear a little bit of a crackling in the background, it's because we've got a fireplace right beside us. We're camped out. uh, We're about 25, 30 kilometers from the nearest town and we're camping out here. We don't have any power. We're off the grid. It's amazing. We've had an awesome few days with you here in Sweden, including yesterday we had the experience of our first time in a rowboat. We had the experience of doing the Swedish sauna where we're in the sauna of 90 degrees temperature and then we jump in the water. We didn't measure it, but we're thinking it's about six to eight degrees what the temperature of the water was. Well, you thought it was six to eight degrees. I thought it was four degrees. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to say it's less than 10, (laughs) but it wasn't frozen, (laughs) but it was freezing. So we've had some awesome experiences together we've been picking fresh blueberries we've been running through the forest we've been you know we did like the sauna was really cool because we do 90 degrees for 15 minutes in the sauna we jump in that really cold water for one to two minutes and then we'd go back and forth with that after we'd done some training but throughout all these experiences we were first time in the rowboat together yesterday first time you've had fresh elk last night for dinner by the river here yeah that was special and it's been awesome but what we've really connected through is our deep open-ended conversations which has been eye-opening for me we met i met you in sydney four or five months ago and we had a few coffee dates and it was our bulletproof coffee and kombucha that we caught up over and we sort of never spent more than a couple of hours together but those couple of hours were always so invigorating and energizing because we just connected and had such deep level conversations and I've noticed here in Sweden, so you've sort of stepped into the life of my gorgeous fiance Marie and, and I, and we've introduced you to some Swedes. What's really intrigued me is the way that you treat every person the same with that level of intrigue. So your level of questioning and actually with the intent to understand that person and not just question what they're up to just for a general conversation. What is it that has you so intrigued about human behavior? I just think that due to our experiences, right, and everything that's led us to where we are today, no one in this world has had the exact same mapping of an experience 
each and every individual has something unique to offer and a, and a unique lesson to teach you, at least one thing, right, from each and every person in this world. The only way you can find that out is, is through questions and sort of trying to unpack the way they see the world and, and trying to learn something from that. But you have a great skill where, yes, we can ask people questions and we can learn from what they say, but you are able, you've got a very, I don't know if it's an analytical mind, but it the way that you then put that towards your life experiences of where you've been and where you're heading, but then also to you suspend judgment. There's no judgment around it. It's a point of difference, but you're, it just takes you down a rabbit hole of a level of more and more questioning. Is it because you understand the mind and human behavior that you just know there's deeper levels? To be honest, I've only recently become aware of the fact that I do sit there and perceive uh, situations, people's, people's behaviors and that sort of stuff. And I think that innately led me to become super interested in the human mind and how it operates. Yeah, so I'll sit there and, and sort of, like we spoke about yesterday, the interactions between people and see the behaviors and sort of put the links together and so on and so on and i want to ask you what are you doing here in scandinavia i'm here to find a wife (laughs) (laughs) listen i've tried with all the aussie girls and it's just not not all the aussie girls but uh, (laughs) i go on a trip annually and this year scandinavia i thought i've got to do scandinavia well and so i've gone to i've traveled to copenhagen norway now Sweden and heading off to Finland, just basically exploring and learning from different cultures, from the people and taking and immersing myself in that as much as possible. And this isn't, like you said, you travel annually. This isn't a new thing to come and join people like myself and Marie and the guys that you camped with uh, up in Norway in the treetops and really immersing yourselves in the culture. You tell me some interesting trips where you've specifically gone to places like Japan and South Africa for those really deep sort of reasons. Tell us a bit about those couple of trips. Yeah, so that was last year's trip. That was off the back of my challenge, personal challenge, which was the 52 new experiences in 52 weeks. So that was a six-week trip through three continents. I challenged myself to to lightweight travel where I had only my carry-on luggage, two pairs of undies, but they were lightweight traveler undies, so uh, they'd dry within two hours. And uh, I started off in South Africa with a two-week volunteer program at a safari conservation reserve. From there, moved on to to Europe for two weeks and visited Copenhagen, so a friend that I met through travel, and then followed up with another two weeks in Japan where there was a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And that was just sort of furthering my journey with meditation. 10-day silent retreat. And I've heard of these before, but you're a great talker. We've had some pretty deep conversations and you even said to me a few times, you know, if I'm talking too much, just tell me, but I love it. How did you go for 10 days without talking to anyone, the silent retreat. What was your biggest take home and what was your biggest challenge? There was plenty of talking going on. There was, it was me, myself and I, and the three of us were having a great conversation <laughs> constantly. So don't worry, mate, that, uh, that talking didn't stop at all. There was plenty of inner dialogue and you really did learn that verbal communication is only worth 7% of all communications. Being around another 20 people who were going through somewhat of a similar journey, but then again, a completely different inner journey over the course of the 10 days. And it was like peeling away the the layers of an onion. Day one, day two, 
your thoughts were no different to the thoughts that that you would normally have on a day-to-day basis in your city life or whatever else but uh, as that went on day three day four day five day six you're no longer having those those thoughts because you no longer had the stimulus that you normally have all you had left that was fueling your thoughts was what was inside of you so it was only you and so you got to go real deep within yourself and probably uncover a few things that you haven't thought about or you haven't felt for a very long time and there were ups there were downs the journey as a whole was was incredible and you've obviously taken what you learned there and mixed that with your passion and understanding of human behavior because you're a meditation teacher but you teach it in a very different way to what i've ever heard of before through teaching people how to create the habit and almost taking it away from the the classroom style stigma of meditation tell us a bit about that I believe that meditation is something that absolutely everyone on this planet can benefit from. And of course, there's different forms and tools that you can use to get into a particular state of mind. But I really wanted to make it accessible to the everyday person and remove some of those stigmas. And it wasn't disregarding the way meditation has been done for years. It was just rather making it accessible to that everyday person and so I fused it with improv exercises so improv theatre during my time last year doing the 52 new experiences I did 30 weeks of improv and learnt that a lot of the skills required in improv theatre were also required to be a decent human being you know the art of listening removing the ego and not letting the ego take too strong of a hold I fused it with that there were a lot of fun and games in this 10-week meditation program where we were applying experiential learning rather than just sitting there and and talking to everyone about everyone about what meditation was and and like you said habit was a huge component of it eventually you want to be able to let go of that but to get started you need to it's all about the practice the regular and consistent practice and so there are a few sort of elements within the program where they would help people to attain this as a day-to-day practice and not spend too much of a gap uh, without meditating over the 70-day period. What was your biggest learning from teaching that and fusing these few different components around life, mind, meditation from the people who participated and yourself going through that? I realised that people people really took to the fun and games. They, people don't like to be serious all the time, even though we spend way too much or we feel that we need to be serious in too many situations in life. And I really believe in forever being sincere and never serious. You can be sincere in whilst you're being a businessman, whilst you're running a business, whilst being a father or mother or whatever it is without being serious. That sense of play, people really took to that. And I think that had people relax and allow them to really take in the information but also take in the experience within say the sessions but then also the meditation that they were doing on a day-to-day basis back to yes end and this meditation is part of yes end but i was just thinking two days ago we were at my fiance's place here in sweden and there was chat around you having never been on a jet ski before and she said oh well why don't we go out on the jet ski and marie's brother was there and said yeah let's take a jet ski and you were just like yeah sure let's do it i've never done it before i want to learn this jet ski and it wasn't until later when you said to me that you reflected on it and you were like this is crazy here we are two hours later and this has all just happened but that to you was a yes end experience tell us a little bit about that but and more around that is yes end experiences that people can just dive into yeah we got back from the jet ski and i was kind of like what the hell just happened (laughs) it's definitely a learnt behavior and that's what i'm trying to pass on to people depends on which path you choose to to tread on more often 
And if you spend a lot of your time, and you can reflect upon this and, and have a think about it, do you spend a lot of your time sitting there thinking about what you want to be doing and the time between thinking about it and you actually doing it, if it ever actually does happen, how big is that time? How big is that gap, right? And so it's really about bridging that gap. You want the time between you thinking you want to do something and you actioning it, let that time be as short as possible. That comes, like with anything else, comes with practice and you doing it again and again and again. And then it becomes just a habit. When Marie said, do you want to go on a jet ski? Have you ever been on one? I was like, nope, let's do it. And half an hour later, we're out there on the water. That was, it was unreal. Although we had a few mishaps there, but, but that, that's all it's, part of the process, right? Oh, it was, yeah, that's right. Once you did trust the process, you got up on that. It was one of the stand-up jet skis and that's you right. did all right. It was uh, quite comical for us on the riverbank watching, <laughs> but I was, I was happy to see you trust that process and get up. And I love being a source of humor for people. So. <laughs> we might have some video footage of it too that we can link into this podcast that's where people right. can see see yeah. how your struggle and then the trust of the process and all the yes and unfolding. Put it, put it out there, mate. It sounds like what you're saying with that is around people understanding that gap. And it's a little bit like Mel Robbins and her five-second rule. If you allow that gap to get bigger and bigger and bigger, all of a sudden the things that you want to do seem to get further away. So what you're trying to do is create that skill to make that gap smaller and make it a habit of, well, just say yes and then see what comes of it. Yeah, well, I think the first thing to stop us from doing anything that we want to do is ourselves and that inner voice, right? And so if you give that too much time, sometimes if you've got a really good relationship with that inner voice, then you've almost taught it, taught it how to think and which pathway to take. But if you don't, then that will be, and you spend too much time dwelling in that inner voice, it'll be the thing that stops you. It'll be the thing that slows you down. If you're coming from a good place, if you're coming from an ego-less place, then most decisions can be made within that five to seven seconds. If it's something that's truly going to make you happy, then you've got to do it within that period. Where your mind flows, energy grows. That's right. I think it's also really important that, great, so you want to do something, you've thought about it. The next thing you should think about is the first step required to do that and then put that into place. And it might be, I need to book in an appointment or I need to book in that session to get me there or to be able to do that or whatever it is. Don't sort of know that you have to book that session in and not do it, wait and think that you'll do it later. And then you give, again, giving yourself way too much time with your own inner voice and you talk your way out of it. Action it as soon as you've made that decision. Action. Great word. You are also a physiotherapist and you and your business partner, Mick, have created a company called iMove Physiotherapy. What I love about it, and I was actually found you guys online and saw what you were doing through your Facebook Live and engaging with your community at a level I've never seen before through any of the sort of health space businesses, let alone physiotherapy clinics. The more I get to know you and your team, and I've done a bit of stuff with you guys in Sydney, it's less about a physio... I don't even see it as a physiotherapy business. What I see is you guys passionately, extremely passionately creating this awesome culture and community. Well, that's the biggest compliment you, anyone could offer iMove to, to say that we're not just a physiotherapy clinic, we're so much more. Our number one drive from the get-go was attending to the people and that meant the people within the business, within the clinic and then the people that we were serving. And we always knew that as long as 
most of our efforts and focus and energy were put towards our team, everyone else was going to benefit. Our team were going to become better physiotherapists, which meant that the patients were going to receive better care. It meant that iMove was going to do well and grow as a brand as well. And as a clinic, it's never been about Mick and myself. And as you know, we've just removed ourselves from the clinic as physiotherapists and it continues to go on. It continues to operate because people know that if they come to iMove, regardless of who they're seeing, they're going to receive a level of care that's standard across the boards. You just mentioned, so you're here in Scandinavia for two months holiday. Mick's had his two-month holiday. You are removing yourself from the business, which means you're not going to be a practicing physiotherapist. You mentioned to me previously that your inspiration towards this was Tim Ferriss with the four-hour work week, which I think is phenomenal. So you guys aren't just removing yourself from the business and don't want anything to do with it. What you're actually doing by stepping away from the floor is allowing both of you more time to develop your staff and engage your community, so your patients and everyone. In You guys do a lot around running. What is it that has continually driven you towards that and not taken you towards chasing dollars? For us, it was a way of life. In the lead up to opening up the clinic, probably six months prior to opening it up, We'd both come across the four-hour work week and saw this way of life. And this was what Mick and I wanted for ourselves. Every single decision from that point onwards was placed up against that. Is this something that's going to get us to living this way of life? And then we also went by the motto or mantra or whatever you want to call it, that we want for our employees exactly what we want for ourselves. And we would never get our employees to do anything that we wouldn't do ourselves. And we wanted iMove to be not a job, but an opportunity to live the life that they wanted to live. This has been our core drive from the very beginning. And it's been quite easy because it was so clear from the beginning why we were doing everything. A lot of people kind of say we might speak to other people starting businesses or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know, you know what it's like. It's quite tough and so on and so on. But when you know why you're doing it, we didn't even know that we knew why. We just kind of, we, we were so in tune with that and so driven by that. It's just all kind of unfolding the right way. And I think that's huge. If you know what your why is and you're really close to that on a regular on a regular basis, it's easy to make easier to make decisions that get you to where you want to be. I listened to the four-hour work week on audiobook and I listened to it twice because there were some bits I needed to go back and recap. Actually, for everyone listening, they can go on to yourlifeofimpactbook.com and download the four-hour work week for free on the free Audible trial. Highly recommend it. You can see what it's done for you. So many people that I've heard through podcasts and on documentaries that are really just intrigued by that book in itself and those concepts that has been their their yes end moment where they've taken that first step because they see that something is actually possible with that. And I hear you talking about the business and see that it's it's less around a business for you. It's a lifestyle. You're creating that lifestyle. But you also push that towards your staff too. Yes, it's really important to us that our staff are happy outside of work. 
It's not even, it sort of begins outside of work before it does in work. We believe that they spend way more time outside of work, okay, with, and it might be family, friends, or whatever it is. And so all of those relationships are super, super important to iMove because if they're being nurtured, those relationships are being nurtured, if they're financially being taken care of, if they've got time to tend to their physical selves and be healthy and have appropriate stress management tools, then the patients are going to benefit from that big time. And we benefit from that big time because we've got happy people around the clinic. It's mandatory that they have a, at least a four-week holiday on a yearly basis. We like to encourage that they go internationally and go overseas and try and cross minds potentially at least once with someone in the physical therapy world elsewhere in the world. And we make sure that everyone's quite fresh. So we do that by giving them a four-day work week, Monday to Friday. So they get every employee gets a full day off from Monday to Friday. In physiotherapy, it's pretty common to be working on a Saturday morning, for instance. And so we give them every second or third Saturday off once they've been with us for six to 12 months. And that means that every two to three weeks, if you've got a Friday off every week and then every second or third week, you've got a Saturday off as well, you get a three-day weekend. We just find this keeps them fresh, keeps them happy. Time away from the clinic makes means that they don't want to get away from the clinic as well. And I've seen you, not in the last 24 hours because we've been off the grid, we haven't had any reception or anything, but I've seen you over the last few days before that uh, log online and Skype to your business partner, to some of your colleagues and engaging with them in that way. I also know that you're a life coach and do a lot around that space. Do you think that the life coaching aspect and approach should be implemented more within businesses to help them thrive? Do you think it's a missing element? Definitely. So if we're looking at humans, we need to look at the total human. And we know that work is an extremely important stimulus for the mind, but there's all these other elements or buckets of life, if you want to call it that, where you've got the physical bucket, you've got the mental bucket, you've got the spiritual bucket, uh, financial bucket, and you need to be attending to all of those things. I think if an employer can aid or help their employees in making sure those buckets are being kept full and being attended to, rather than leaving it to each and every employee's own accord to do that stuff, as a whole, within a business and within a company, you're going to have people that are much more on the same page and in sync with each other, just moving in the same direction together in life really, not so much just the business. If you want that within a company and that and to develop that company culture, then I think it's extremely important. Brilliant. And those buckets you refer to, I've heard it referred to as key areas of life. We refer to them as key aspects of life and it is something that when you start to look at, because yes, you might be really tapping into the financial aspect or the health aspect, but then you're not actually nourishing these other areas. So for you to be able to bring that in, look at and develop that holistic person that then within the workplace obviously filtrates through the patients and the clients and that that getting back to how I started this conversation, what it does to create an amazing vibe and community beyond this physiotherapy business. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's the energy within the clinic and within the people there and anyone that we bring through our doors. We had you come and talk to us and that sort of stuff and we like people to feel 
what iMove is like rather than just to see or hear or whatever else. Through our conversations, I'm glad that, you know, we did rub off on you a little bit. So that was awesome. Absolutely. Now, we mentioned a word there before, action. And this is something that I ask all of my guests on the podcast. So, Dan, I want you to tell us what specific action can the listeners take today to be more impactful in their lives and in their communities? Learning and understanding and then practicing the art of perception and knowing that what we focus on expands with any decision and any situation on a day-to-day basis the second you wake up in the morning you're faced with a fork in the road it's up to you to make a decision either going down one end of the fork or, or the road or the other end knowing that what you focus on expands you can choose You want to think about what you want to be expanding in your life. Is that thing in front of you right now, is sitting around watching the telly going to expand that which is going to make you happy in life? And you can easily answer that truthfully to yourself and then choose which way you want to go down that fork. Choosing how you perceive things, choosing how you allow things to affect you in a negative or a positive way, just focusing on those things that you want more of in your life. And if that's love if that's happiness or energy or health then and that's what you want to expand then make decisions in line with that and all of the things that are happening around you you choose how you want to perceive them and not let them take you too far away from what is making you happiest choice perception and expansion perception is all of those areas are such deep rabbit holes to go down and this is why I encourage people to have a coach or a teacher in regardless of what area aspect of their life they want to improve in because those three things alone are quite deep and hard to fathom and to live by until you can actually have the right guidance to go deep into those because I just think about the word perception and my mind just expands on how differently we can approach that with different people and get nuggets based on what you are experiencing in your life what you want to experience what your goals and visions are what your values and belief systems are so that's great advice for for people to get started now before we dive into the fast five questions i give all my guests a gift and i have uh something here i'm just Reaching around. Mate, this weekend's been a gift or this uh, last three days. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll just give you this, uh, some more of this Swedish. Give us Swedish a hug, mate. Give us a <laughs> hug. <laughs> You'll definitely get a hug. Having trouble finding this. Hang on. I was going to say you can stoke up the fire while I'm looking for this, but it's actually quite hot. <laughs> Here it is. I've got a little uh, healthy snack for you because I'm taking you to the train shortly and you'll be doing some more travel beyond here. This is a savoury cluster from Superfoodio. We've had Jag and Narali on the podcast before, and this one is the sweet potato and smoked paprika flavour. So there's no... Uh, sugar or anything like that the binding agent is sweet potato there so you've got cashew sweet potato bit of paprika flavor it's my second favorite flavor too so to part with this it was a it was hard for me dan mate i really 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 appreciate this i can see (laughs) the look on your face as you handed it over to me so uh thanks for that mate and this uh it'll keep me well satiated on the train (laughs) thanks it'll be an experience (laughs) so Two-part question, where can our listeners learn more about you? So social media, website, podcasts, etc. And how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? 
I've got a website if you want to know more about how I got to where, where I am now and, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's www.yes-and.com.au hyphen or dash, whatever, whatever you call that thing. Then there's the Facebook group which is the Yes and Tribe, Say Yes and Do It. And on there, you'll find a bunch of people who are setting themselves goals via bucket lists, okay? And it's a co-benefiting community where there's people on there saying that they could help someone else achieve something on their bucket list. And it might be six in six weeks or eight things in in eight weeks or 12 in 12 months, whatever you want to do. It doesn't have to be 52 new experiences in 52 weeks. So getting on there, engaging, posting your achievements up and any new experiences, anything that intimidates you or challenges challenges you physically, mentally, get on there and post it up. There's a full community that that will support you on there. I've got the Facebook page, which is Yes And Mind Life Flow. And then I'm also quite active on Instagram with Project Yes And. So you'll be able to find me on those. I think the best way for for me, what gets me going is seeing people being out there, throwing themselves at the things that they just want to be doing, right? And actually actioning that stuff. And ac- actually, right? I can say fuckist. Fuckist. Yeah, fuck-tist that's the Swedish, the Swedish Sorry, word. Sorry, that just popped for... into mind. So <laughs> it's the Swedish word for actually fuckist. So fuckist act- actioning what they actually want to be doing. If you can get onto that Facebook group and engage with the people on there, just by posting up things that you're doing enables someone else to feel more comfortable to do the same. And uh, the energy there just grows through. And, and at this stage, it's been quite a powerful tool for a lot of people to shift the perception of what they're capable of. We'll link all that up in the show notes too, but I, I actually really like what you're doing with the Yes End Tribe and I sort of float in and out of there just checking stuff out and it pops up and I see your passion and pride for what you just spoke about too and it's really cool. I'll jump on there and follow other people's journeys and just see them taking that leap. It's, it's a powerful process for people to go through but it's even more rewarding for someone like yourself to sort of be there in the background and just watch people learn grow and develop through that platform thanks mate it's cool all right the fast five questions here we go now you really can't let yourself think about these too much because we've got a 25k bike ride that we've got to get back to town (laughs) we're going to put everything on our backs and get back in there for you to get on the train so not that i'm rushing you through these (laughs) what's one habit you wish you could change procrastinate less what makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized people in nature have you ever washed a dog yes what's the best piece of advice you've ever received what you focus on expands when i was 16 years old yeah i still can't believe that that was when you were 16 years old and that resonated with you we had this chat the other day don't that your awakening there at 16 years old and it was you were reading books like uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? Yeah. At the age of sixteen, and that actually clicked with you. I didn't read that until I was. It was last year. I listened to the audio book of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and then sorry, we're going on a little bit of a tangent mm-hmm. here, but I just remembered when I heard you talk about that that you listened to those kind of books, and then to hear you say that answer, that was your best piece of advice at that age. It wasn't just something you heard. It was then something you lived by. And that book, you took many things from that book and lived by them from the age of 16. So that helped me understand you as a person and your intrigue into human behavior. Yeah, I was, I was extremely fortunate to A, have someone who was a football coach but was more of a life coach at that point in time in my life that then helped 
helped put this stuff in front of me. So to come across that and have it be exposed to that stuff at a young age, forever sort of fortunate for that and, and grateful as I go on and always acknowledge that that point in my life. Brilliant. Last one. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? Freedom of choice and the people around me, uh, definitely. I am actually lost for words for, for being fortunate enough to be surrounded by some amazing human beings who are trying to do good in this world and trying to work with people and help people with their own journeys. I guess when you, when you asked what gives you most energy, seeing people do that and being with people that are doing that, that, that gives me a hell of a lot of energy whilst we're in nature, definitely. Dan, you are a very intriguing and genuine legend. Keep shining your yes and light to the world, my man. Thanks, mate. Legend. We're going to high five. I know you love high fives. And we're going to hug because you said I could give you a hug too. Actually, can I Can I send out a challenge to everyone Please listening do. now? What I want you guys to do is just as your first challenge from me, take it on now and decide on doing it now. For the next seven days... If you can go out and high-five one stranger a day for the next seven days. Now, it might sound silly, right? But the act of high-fiving someone, you'll impact someone's day and someone's week in a way you'd never have believed you could. So, you need to know that there is... It is a bit of a skill to high-five. Give yourself a good six to seven meters as they're approaching you, right? Put your hand up. They will look at you in a real weird, weird way, okay? Don't be disheartened by that because as soon as they realize that your hand is up for a high-five, you'll see the penny drop. The expression on their face will change. Their hand will go up nine out of ten times and you'll go for it. And when you make that contact with them, that high-five, do you think any other stranger is going to high-five them in that day or in that week. They'll go home to their loved ones, to their family or whoever it might be and be talking about that stranger that high-fived you and it just made their day or whatever else. So don't, even if you're fearful of it, because a lot of people are fearful of the rejection of the high-five, that's okay, sit in that, go for it again, but don't deny someone that feeling of receiving a high-five because you're fearful of it. Seven from seven, let's see how many you can get. I want to hear feedback from everyone listening now that actually does this. And I've seen it in action. I've experienced it in action. It's really cool. Just quickly, let's sit on that part where the tenth, the one time out of ten where people do get rejected. Why is that just as important as the nine out of ten of the acceptance? We're always going to face rejection in our lives. To go through life thinking we're not going to encounter any rejection is just completely unrealistic. And so rather than shying away from it, sit in that feeling for a little bit and realize that it, it isn't that bad. It, it is uncomfortable. There's no lie in that. Like when you get rejected, it is, it is uncomfortable, but there's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable. Feel it. It'll go away and have another crack. Go again. It's only one out of ten, I promise. So, <laughs> And you learn, grow and develop from that rejection. That's I love right. it. Let's high five. <laughs> yes and... Bridging this gap between saying yes and taking action can be an absolute game changer in your life. Make sure you join the Yes End Tribe on Facebook and experience this awesome concept firsthand. Dan is always creating different adventures, running groups, online challenges and much more to help teach us all some powerful processes to improve our confidence and perceptions of the world. 
Also, reach out to Dan about meditation if you're interested in experiencing how he's removing the stigma and teaching consistent habits. I've also put a link in the show notes to his funny Yes and Jet Ski experience here in Sweden that you can find at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash Dan Kolapski. This is where you'll also find all the links to the other resources we spoke about, including your opportunity to download Tim Ferriss' audiobook, The 4-Hour Workweek, for free. If you like this episode, please jump onto your podcast app and give us a five-star review. This helps immensely for me to be able to continue delivering value to you. It doesn't matter what app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, which is formerly known as iTunes Podcast, whether it's Podcast Addict or Stitcher or whatever it is. You guys subscribing and downloading each episode is what keeps this podcast alive. And also, please share with your friends, your family, your community, and everyone you believe will benefit from this podcast. Don't forget to give me your feedback on what you loved and what you want to hear more of, so what value I can help bring into your reality. Reach out to us on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Life for Excellence. That's at L-I-F-E-F-O-R-X-L-N-S. And you can also find us at yourlifeofimpact.com. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.